receive it. We thank you because their heart is receptive that the word of God that's being planted will be sown into their lives. And so much so they'll be changed. They'll be changed. And so we all come to you, Father, tonight with an expectancy to receive. And we thank you that we shall. And we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus name. Everybody agree with that? Say amen. amen. All right. Let's recap a little bit for those who weren't here on last time. And then and then I'll jump right into some new thoughts as as we continue in the evening. But we talked about and we started with this title that setting the right priorities. We said that priorities are so important that they have to be set, especially for a believer. We're going to be doing anything. We're going to be headed in a certain direction. Man, we need to plan. We need to have a priority. We need to have first things first lined up in our lives. So let me give you a few things. I said this, that that really, uh, when you think when you come to the body of Christ, it's for so many, it's something that's lacking. You ask them, you ask them, what is your purpose? What has God called you to do? You know, many of them say, man, I, I really don't know. They don't know their priority. They don't know their purpose. They don't know their mission in life. And then you'll have two kinds of people, we said last time. You'll have those who are reactionaries. In other words, you'll have those who will react to everything that happens. Come on. And then what happens then, then what happens, we do the best work, or, or the best work that we think it is when we try to work it out ourselves. Have any of you ever been there before? Man, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to react to everything. Okay, this is my best work, but what are we doing? We're reacting. Well, we said, secondly, the type of person is someone who's proactive. Well, there you go. Someone who's proactive is a person who prepares their hearts, prepares their minds. I mean, you get into the word. You are proactive, and you know what happens? When a test and trial comes your way, you're ready. You're ready. It's like athletes who condition themselves to participate in whatever sport you can think of. They trained. So they train physically. So when the task, when the game, when the pressure under the lights and everything comes against them, guess what? Physically, they're fit. Mentally, they're tough. Well, that's what should be happening with us. Spiritually speaking, when we're running our race, when trials or tests come our way, if we will take the time to be proactive, instead of reactive, then guess what? We'll be ready for whatever the enemy throws at us or whatever people may try to throw at us. Say, I'm ready. ready. All right. And so with that, a few other things I want to share with you. And when I said being ready, I'm talking about uh, the thought. My thought is this is like being anchored in. I like that. What does that come to you? What does that say to you about about here's here's the phrase anchored in? Wow. Say that again. Yeah. Be steady. Be steady. You're anchored in. I mean, have you ever gone fishing before and they throw out, you know, go to a certain spot and they'll throw a weight or they'll throw an anchor out and you're anchored right there at that spot so you can fish and, man, that's that favorite spot. You know what I mean? But spiritually speaking, guess what? We should be anchored in, anchored in Christ. We should be anchored in the Lord. We should have such a foundation that we're so solid whatever wind blows our way, whatever circumstance comes our way, we are anchored in in and you know it doesn't matter say come on wind you may blow you know you may move you may bend but you're not going to break glory to god why because you're anchored in man i like that look at your neighbor and say anchored in all right and that's where we are we're anchored in okay so now let's look at a few other things all right let's continue to go along those lines so we're still say we're still all we're doing we're still we're still giving you a little bit of uh, outline now here's what i said before last time um questions you want to ask yourself uh, you want to ask yourself two questions. Here it is. Are you ready? What are the priorities 
in my life? I want you to stop and think about this. Do you have priorities? And then what are they? What are the priorities? What are things that are important? What are things that are not important? Priorities, all right? And then I said, too, here's a couple of questions you want to ask yourself. Not only do you have priorities, but what is the most important thing right now in your life? What's the most important thing? For some, it would be, it would be of course, our job. It would be family. It would be other things like that. But ask yourself, some may be even school. It may be your future. It may be your career. But what is the most important thing right now in your life? And then the last thing we left off on is this. We have to establish that because whatever is a priority, or let's say whatever your favorite food is. How many of you like, you know, spare ribs? Yeah. I mean, you like that? You like ribs? Okay. You, like, you know, how many, how many like, you know, pork chops and all that other stuff like that. Now, how many of you know they eat all of that pork and stuff, you know, they, they ain't always the best for you, but you like it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. How many like donuts? Ooh, I like donuts, man. Especially the chocolate-covered ones, you know. Give me some coffee and donut. I'm throwing down, you know what I mean? You know, and the white powder donuts. Isn't that good? Yeah, see? And how many like chips? Doritos. Ooh, even though they give you bad breath, you still like them. You know what I'm saying? You can tell, man. Your fingers look at all this, what? Orange stuff, cheese on it, but, but it was good. Even around your mouth, they're good. See, so what am I talking about? See, I'm talking about stuff like junk food. Mm, am I talking about? But we like it, don't we? Well, check it out. You know what happens? A lot of us, spiritually speaking, we mix up our priorities, and instead of having spiritual food, we have junk food. So naturally, just the same way we have junk food and we like it, and a lot of times, man, you know, I like carrots, but some people say, I don't want to eat a whole bunch of carrots. I like green beans, but, you know, I don't want to eat a whole bunch of green beans. I like salad, but salad doesn't like me. You know what I'm saying? All these different things, we can make all these excuses up, but it's good for you. But they say, yeah, but it's not good for me, you see? So just give me, just continue to give me my potato chips and continue all this stuff. But it's what? It's naturally junk food, see? So spiritually speaking, guess what? We also, as believers, we feed on junk food, spiritually junk food. Can I tell you what that is? Well, I'm going to tell you anyways. Here's what it is. Write it down. Spiritually junk food is this. It's something that you like, but you can't live off of all the time. In other words, man, I love special meetings. Man, I love when you come and there's special singing, you know, and there's concerts. There's a special speaker in town. I love all that. How about you? Isn't that exciting? Yeah. You go and do that. And, but guess what? Now, and, and, but if we just went from church to church and church to church, you see, listening to all that and following after people, we can't live off of that. We can't live off of that. You know what we need? We need the word. We need the word. So even though we think like, hey, man, you know, I don't mind coming to special things. I don't mind coming when you guys have special parties. Man, I'm hanging out and all that. And that's cool. It sounds really great. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we don't come on a regular basis to church or sit under the word, we're not being spiritually fed. And then we're eating a whole lot of spiritual what? Junk food. And then guess what happens when the storms of life come? Wow. And he said, but then here's the problem. I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? Well, where were you at last week? Well, I was too busy to come to church, sit under the word. Where were you at last Wednesday? Well, I was too busy to come sit under the word. Well, then what have you been doing? Well, you know, I've gone, I went to this concert. Do you know so-and-so was in town? I went to this, you know, oh, man, I went over here. You see, we're talking about all these things, and there's nothing wrong with them in themselves. But to be fed, we need the word. So you're always going to hear from us, stay with the word. No matter where you go, what you listen to, make sure it's the word. So that brings me to Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 6. We have to trust God with our future. 
we have to trust God to give us direction in life. How many have ever been lost before? More than one time. More than twice. More than, more than five times. I mean, a whole lot. Let's just say that. Okay, let's look at this. Woo, okay. I mean, I'll go ahead and pull out the parking lot and get lost. I'm just saying, you know. So, but uh, some people are directionally challenged. Some people are not. And, some, and I like, now Betty, she's a great navigator. In other words, you know, I like to have her in the passenger seat. I like, I like to have her navigate, but not drive at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Because, see, drive and navigate, you have a problem with that. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, I'm driving. You navigate, okay? Because she said, well, I'll navigate because your driving is bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what I'm saying is this. Listen, as you're going down the road of life, if you get lost, sometimes we get lost, Aren't you glad there's a spiritual compass on the inside of us that we have the Holy Spirit who leads and guides us? You know, that spiritual GPS that works, because what happens a lot of times now, we're on the road of life. We're on the highway. We said this last time, man, I'm on the highway of life. I've got my own journey. I have my own race. And then here's what happens sometimes. It's OK, because I need to fill up. I can go and get off to the access road. Right. And on the access road, there's all kinds of stuff on that access road. There's some good restaurants. Some good food. Come on, I got to fill up with gas, you know. But you know what an access road was meant for? Simply that, to give you access for a short period of time and then to do what? To get back on the main road of life. But you know what happens to a lot of believers? They stay on the access road. They do and just camp out because I like it here because it seems like there's so much going on because you know what happens? They say not really so much, but it seems to be easier. I don't have to use so much, a, a lot of faith because everything I want is right here on the access road. Ah, but see, when we get back on the road of life, which is the highway, the journey that God has called you to do, you know what? You, sometimes we can't see things in front of us. Lord, what do you want me to do? But it doesn't seem like you, it's coming to you. Oh, man, this is too hard. So guess what we want to do? Whoop, we want to get right back on the access road. But we can't do that. Everybody say we can't do that. We have to live by faith. We have to walk by faith. We have to talk by faith. And we have to trust God. So let's trust God tonight as we continue Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, you know how we do it here. Whatever translation you have, if you want to read, go ahead and read it nice and loud, and we'll go from there. Someone, if you have it first, let us know what translation and read, please. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I like that. New Living Translation. Someone has a different translation for us? Mm-hmm. See, I like that because it says, and, and, and how many ways? All our ways. See, we're still talking about setting the right priorities. Who has a different translation other than New Living, New King James? Does someone have something different? Than that, go ahead and read it. Mm -hmm. All right. Notice that he's going to make straight our paths. If we set our life in God's life and we focus on him and our priorities stay straight, guess what's going to happen? God will lead you and God will direct you. All right. He will lead you and direct you. It's important. But let me give you three things I want you to write down as far as setting tonight. This is continuing part B. 
of setting the right priorities, three things you definitely, you, you, I think is going to really help you. First of all is this. This is something we want you to know. You have to know this and allow this no matter what you're going through to be in you. Number one is this. God is the one who will keep you on track. I like that. Remember when we said we can go through life. We got all these different priorities. But if I trust God, remember we just read that trust in the Lord. How do we say with all of our hearts and lean not to our own understanding? What will happen? What does it say? When I acknowledge him in all my ways, what is he going to do? He's going to direct my path. He's going to give me direction. So I have to trust him. So God is the one who will keep me on track. And I believe that. I want you to believe that no matter what's happening in your life, God is the one who will keep you on track. That's number one. Second, listen to this. We need to have a listening ear. A listening ear. You know what I mean by that? That means listen to the Holy Spirit. See, when he's speaking to you, he's giving us direction. Do you know that we can tune him out? We can say, nope, I don't want to do that. Or no, I don't want to hear that. Or what happens is, is our spirit, man, is not, you know, so sensitive because our flesh or even our mind and our will is so strong that we're not quiet. We're not sensitive. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit. That's number two. So number one is God is the one who will keep me on track. Man, get that settled inside your heart. Two, we need to have a listening ear. And then here's number three, that you and I, we cannot be influenced by the voices of others. Listen, we need to trust God just when we need him. You cannot be influenced by other voices. What we simply mean by that is don't allow the enemy, don't allow so-called your friends, or can I even say this, sometimes even our family, to, to give us direction in our lives when you know it doesn't line up with what God has already spoken to you. But you have to have that confidence. Say, I have to have confidence. So here's one. God is the one who will keep me on track, right? Two, we need to, or you can, you can put it this way, I need to have a listening ear. And then three, I should not, I cannot be influenced by the voices of others. All right. Now, go to Jude. Jude is one chapter. We're going to look at verse 20. Let's turn there because God will give you a word. Ooh, let me say this again. How many that God will give you a word? It's just like, have you ever, you stop and ask for directions? And you know, man, I need, you're like, man, I need these directions. And so you stop and you ask for them because you know you're dependent on that person who's telling you the truth and it's going to help you get to where you need to go. Well, what we're simply saying is this in Jude verse 20. I'll read from the new, from uh, the new King James. But, but write this down. Write this down. God will give you a word to keep you just when you need it. Oh, glory to God. Just when you need it, he'll give you a word. So here's what it says in verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that praying in the Holy Spirit? So what happens when you build yourself up and when we're taking the time also to pray, it says, you know, your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Notice what's going to happen. God is going to build you up and give you direction. God has, listen, settle this. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for all of our lives, and we just simply need to trust him because he does. Let me give you some other thoughts, all right? Okay? Here's what happens in life sometimes, in life. How many of you know 
that we can have strong desires. I mean, very strong desires. It's kind of like our will, right? Our will is going to be really strong. And therefore, if we don't want to do something that someone wants us to do, and we can go, I'm not doing it, right? Am I right about that? I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it. So listen to this. But understand that our desires at times, this is what can get us off track. Our desires, not all the time, but our desires are going to be so strong that they can supersede God's desires. They can be so strong. But see, how do we know what God's desire is then? You know why? How do we know? By listening to the Holy Spirit. By listening to God to help give you direction and be sensitive and say, God, speak to me. Because how many have ever had in your life any time that you go, whoa, man, I missed it. I mean, wow, God, you were saying something and I don't know what I was listening to, <laughs> what happened, man, but I missed it. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so, so this is important that we have to understand because of that, that we have to make sure our desires line up with what? With the word of God. Go ahead. Yeah, oh yeah, that's good. Okay, because you'll have that in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It talks about that, okay? And, and, and it's so important because, of course, Verse one, Romans chapter 12, verse one, and it talks about brethren, all of us, you know, for us to do what? To present our bodies as a living sacrifice to be holy and acceptable unto God. And it really says this is our what our reasonable service or our act of worship. But it goes on and tells us exactly what you're saying. You know, be not conformed to this world, but rather what? Be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And here's why. So that you will know what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So guess what? In other words, God's not going to override your will. He'll never do it. If you decide to do something that he said don't do, he doesn't want us to do it. But guess what? He'll do this because he loves you so much, but he wants you to have your choice. That's what's happened with the world. Because guess what? Jesus died for. How come everybody's not saved? See, so do they have a will? Yeah, they have a choice. Just like every one of us here, we have a choice. And because we said yes, we made a choice. But there are family members, perhaps some of you have family members. Some of you have really close friends. I mean, you talk to them about the Lord all the time. And they still look at you the same way they did the first time when you talk to them about the Lord, like there's something wrong with you. You know, they're, like, you know, they're looking at you, yeah, you're selling something, but I ain't buying it, okay? Well, you know what? Because they have a will, that doesn't mean you're not planting the seed. That doesn't mean that someone else isn't coming along and watering that seed. But we pray. Oh, we pray for God to get the increase, don't we? See? So our will, how many believe your wills are very strong? Okay, tell me why. Why do you think they're strong? Or can you give me read some examples or anything? Not necessarily, not without telling on yourself, unless you want to. I want to hear it. No, I'm just joking, joking, joking. So, <laughs> but will, your will, give me an example, anything. We can be stubborn. Yeah, we can be stubborn. Me too. It's Italian. Just stubborn, stubborn Italian. Okay, so, oh, Stiff neck. In other words, not doing what he says. Josiah, you know, God says, here's the way to go, like directions. Go this way. No. 
Ah. That's it. So that's kind of stubborn. That doesn't mean it's wrong or right. It depends on what it is, though. I mean, if you're stubborn with the word, I'm trying to help you here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, he's, he's staying with the word. No, I'm teasing. But I understand what you're saying. See, because it's, it's our will. Hobbies like this here says, man, you know what? Nobody can tell me anything. Woo! Mm. Wow, that's, 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 mm. that's pretty strong, isn't it? But you know what? And we know that. And we still go along that way. That, man, that's, ooh. Now, if you ask Betty, she probably says that's still my problem. You understand what I'm saying? But anyways, we're working on it. She's praying for me. But I can tell you, what I, what'd you say? This is, whatever. <laughs> what is my saying? Uh, <laughs> that's when she takes me to a place that I don't want to go. I look at her and say, you're not the boss of me, okay? <laughs> anyways, my Italian brother here. Okay, but anyways, so, so it's important to understand this. The reason I'm saying it because our will can be so strong that we can override God's will for our lives. And then we're talking about prioritizing our lives. God is speaking to us all the time, gently speaking to us, by the Holy Spirit, go here, go there, do this, do that, say this, say that. Then we go, no. And then guess what he does? Okay. And let's just do it. Go ahead. We want to hear it. No, let's joke. Isn't that something? They see it. Yes. See, and you, and, and the thing is, is you're like, okay, you know, it feels like you're not achieving anything or we're not achieving things in life when we go through some of this. But I would tell you, God, God uh, there's a grace on our lives to do what we do. Now, there's a grace on your life to do what you do. I go all the way around the room. There's a grace, the grace of God on our lives to do what we do. And, and a lot of us, we may do extended hours in doing what we do. But God knows our hearts. That God, I mean, at that moment, when you get quiet with him, man, it's almost like a waterfall comes in and whoosh, everything is right there. We trust him. Now, understand, that's, that's where you are right now. But God will supply your every need. You know that. And that's when you just get quiet and get alone. And when you do that, then you get refreshed. You get back in the game of life. You see what I'm saying? But it all still comes down to priority because you can just stay in the bed, not open up your word, get up and go to work. And go and done. But that's not what we're supposed to do, is it? 
No, not at all. Very good. Very good. And we, we tease them, too, you know, give them a hard time. So because we, we were talking about last time about the mail, you know what I'm saying? If something ever happens to your mail, if it's not right, just blame Russ, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he's extended himself. We we're kind of joking, but that's true, though, that when you put God first, see, prioritizing, we have to put God first in our lives. And then I'm not saying no one else is doing that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just focusing on what you're saying, what you tell us, right, what you tell us, what you're doing, all right? So here's some other thoughts. Listen to this. About understand this about faith, all right? Faith is not passive. Faith is active. So you're going to use your faith. We can't lay back and go, oh, I'm going to use my faith. I'm using my faith. Faith is not passive. Faith is active. Faith is going towards the thing. Faith is believing for something. Faith is saying, okay, God, whatever you have for me, I, I, I want it now. I'm believing you for it. Listen to this. Here's what I'm, I'm going to give you these pointers. When God gives you a plan, listen, when God gives you a plan, talk it out. What I mean by that, when God gives you a word or God speaks to your heart, talk it out. And what that means, if you're talking, you should also be what? Listening. That's right. So talk it out. Okay, God, this is what I'm sensing. This is what I hear you saying. Show me that. Help me with that. What, what are you saying Talk to God, talk it out, and listen to the Holy Spirit. He will speak to us. Sometimes, I mean, God may speak to you in an audible voice, but at the same time, there's that nudging down on the inside. And, and it's kind of like some people say, you know, it's their conscience. Some people just call it different things, and sometimes it's like a scratching on the inside. But be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and as you're listening, he'll give you the answer that you need. All right? But here's another thing I want to give you. Listen, and don't, this is so important. Do not or don't move until you know that you know that you know. In other words, you have clarity. This is what happens a lot of times. We're talking about priorities. What happens is people are trying to set priorities in their lives. They're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And they set a priority. They don't wait. They don't talk it out. But then all of a sudden, boom, they take off without getting clarity. And then they end up lost. On the other side of town. You follow what I'm saying? Spiritually speaking, we end up lost because we, we're not listening to what God said. And all of a sudden, how do I get here? How do I get here? So understand this. Again, when God gives you a plan, talk it out. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And as you listen to the Holy Spirit, listen, don't move until you get clarity. Get clarity, all right? So that brings me to, to our verse here, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We've got a few more minutes. Let's turn there. Let's have a, someone read Hebrews 12, 1 for us. Man, I tell you, there's nothing like the word of God, nothing like getting in the word and allowing it to minister to you. Can you say amen to that? 
Praise the Lord. So we find ourselves in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And someone will read that for us. We certainly will appreciate it. And it'll be a blessing to all of us. Let us know what translation you have when you read. Mm -hmm. Chapter 12. Mm -hmm. Wow. Perseverance. That's marked out for us. And that was the NIV. All right. Who has another translation? That was good. NIV. All right. Someone has something else for us? Okay. What does the message say? Wow. Okay. All right. Someone else. I like that. Go ahead. <coughs> wow. And here's what I want you to get out of this. Two things. But the first thing I want you to get out of this is is write this down. It's at the end of that verse. Notice it says the race that is set before us. Listen, God has a race that has been marked out for you. There's a race and you're running that spiritual race. He's marked it out. And if we'll listen to him and if we'll follow his plan for our lives, there is a spiritual race that's been marked out. But on, listen, as we're running that race, notice what it says that there's weights. What do weights do to you? Man, they'll weigh you down or slow you down. So what the Lord is instructing us to do is to take those weights and lay them aside so that you can continue to run our race. Not only that, but listen, as you're running your race, we have to live by faith. We have to die by faith. Everything by faith. We are living by faith. Again, living by faith, walking by faith, talking faith. This is how we continue to run our race. All right. Because this is what I want you to understand. As you continue to read, it talks about there are those who have gone before us. They're like in a heavenly grandstand. How many have ever ran track before? Track and field. You know what I'm talking about. And you look up. Or how many have played any sports? You look up and you're on the court or you're on the football field. And you look up and say, all these people in the stands, man. I tell you what. And they're cheering you on. I mean, especially those who are for you. You know what I'm saying? So talking about heaven. They're for you. And they're cheering you on. They're leaning over the banister, if you will, the grandstand of heaven and saying, you can make it. You can make it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Run your race. Don't quit. Because there are times when we feel like quitting, man. It's like this is way too hard for whatever reason. But they're saying, no, you can do it. Don't quit. Keep going. God has a plan for your life. So guess what? We're not going to quit. We're not going to quit. Say, I'm not going to quit. So when you're dealing with weight, listen, here's what happens. We must examine our lives. This is a simple fact. We have to all examine our lives. Look at your life. Look at where you are. Examine your own life. I'm not talking about examining somebody else's life. Now, sometimes some Christians, we like to examine somebody else's, and we look at their life and try to tell them how to run their race. We need to focus on how to run our race, right, and pray for them that God will help them run their race. You see what I'm saying? All right? 
So, but examine, because you know what? What may hinder me may not hinder you. A weight that may be a weight to me may not be a weight to you. So that's why you can't, we just can't tell someone how to run their race because only God can do that. But we can encourage them along the way as they're running their race, what they should do. Like we're all saying here tonight, man, of course, we need to pray. We need to have faith. You know, we need to stay focused. We need to set priorities. Well, those are good things that all of us should do in running our race. But you know what? But there may be some weight that I have you don't have. And God is saying, lay it aside. He's saying to you, lay it aside because it's slowing you down from running your race. And can I give you another thought here? A few other thoughts, I'm going to let you go. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Why do you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. And as you're turning there, just that simple phrase alone, what does that mean to you? You heard me say, guard your heart. What did you hear? What came up on the inside of you when you heard that phrase? Anybody? Say that again. Be mindful of what you allow in. Okay, good. Oh, that's all right. Wow. Guard. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's good. Yes. Because these thoughts will come. Right? It's like, what? where do these thoughts come from? And they're trying to slow you down. See? They come to slow you down. You say, hey, I'm not having tea with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. You know, and tell, get out. Get these thoughts out. These thoughts are not my thoughts. You see? Because anything that comes your way to try to hinder you and slow you down, whether it's in the thought realm, you say, whether it's in, even in the natural or physical realm, you know, or even, you know, the spiritual realm, you know, where the enemy may, may tr you know, try to come and trip you up. You have to remember, God has a race that's already been prepared for you, and you run your race with faith and with patience, and you trust God. Say, trust God. Mm. So you guard, you're guarding your heart. Mm, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Because their people are just don't have, they just don't have good intentions. Right. You know, I hear you saying don't have good intentions. So you have to guard your heart. We're going to read this. You're going to have to guard your heart. You know, because they may say, oh, yes, this is what I'm thinking, or I want this for you all along. It may come out like, no, they don't really, ha they're not really like that. But see, if we're sensitive, remember, we're on, our, we're on our journey, and we're listening to the Holy Spirit, and we're sensitive. We're having a talk. Let's talk, God. Come on. And you listen to him. He'll show you that. He'll tell you, nope, don't do that. He'll say, nope, don't, mm, don't hang out. Come on now, see, don't listen to that. He'll give us direction. But we have to guard because, if, you know what, he can be talking to us all the time, right, trying to give us direction, but we don't listen. 
Now, none of y'all are like that. So I'm not talking about you. Mm. You know what I'm saying. Proverbs 4.20. Let's look at that. Someone want to read that? 20 to, through 22. Very good. This is something you ought to mark, highlight in your Bible. It is powerful. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good? Think about that. Now, for me, and I have the new King James, and I underlined, I highlighted this, and I underlined certain parts. Can I tell you what was stood out for me? When it says, of course, in the new King James, it says, my son. First of all, you're talking about a relationship. You have a relationship, sons and daughters, family. You have a relationship. But then it says, give attention. So that means right away, I need to give attention. I need to focus. Give attention. I underlined that. Then it says to my words, but then it says incline your ear. So what does that mean? I have to listen. I've got to press in. I've got to listen. Then it goes on and says, do not let them. What is them? Words, right? Do not let them notice this. Depart now from your eyes. So now he's saying, listen, my son, give me your attention. Do I have your attention? Yes, sir. You see what I'm saying? Now he's saying, listen. Then he's saying, look. Wow. Then he goes on and says this, but then he says, keep them. Wow. Whose job is it to keep them? See, a lot of times people think it's God's job, but he says, you keep them. You keep them where? In the midst of your heart. We're wanting God to do everything, and he's not going to do everything. He's given us a responsibility. Look at these responsibilities. Doesn't it sound like, doesn't it sound like responsibilities here? What does it say? Attention. Give attention. Incline your ear. So that's listening, right? And notice this, don't depart. In other words, keep your eyes focused on, keep them in the midst of your heart. Then what's going to be the results? Wow. What does it say? Because they're life. They're life. But then I love what it says here as we continue. And it says health. They're life and their health. Wow. If we will listen to the word of God, we'll trust God. And he's speaking life and he's speaking health to us. That's what we need. But then it doesn't stop there. It gets better. Notice what it says here in verse 22 or 23. Notice this. Keep your heart. Let's go down. Keep your heart. Say, keep my heart. heart. How should I keep it? With all diligence. What does that mean? Diligence. If I'm being diligent, steadfast, I'm diligent, right? It's kind of like a military term to me, you know, being disciplined and being diligent. That means being focused. That means set priorities. Are you with me? And why? Because for out of it springs the issues of life. Wow. Well, you know what? God's plans, notice this, are not our plans. Mm, Let me say that again. God's plans are not our plans. Let me explain to you. Because God has a plan for our life. We're trying to do other things. If we're not hooking up to his plan, But we got to now make his plan become what our plan. And so because he has a plan for our life, we have to come in contact with him to find out what that plan is. Because when we start out, it's like, I don't know what the plan for my life is. Have you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about. So what do you do? God, what is the plan for my life? You see what I'm saying? 
And this is why I want you to get a hold of this truth. Turn with me to Philippians. Because that's where we all start. We're all starting trying to find out what the plan is. What, God, what is your plan for my life? And Philippians 1.6 really helps us to understand this truth that, that it, it just brings it full circle that we need God in our lives. We need his instruction. We need his plan. Everybody say plan. All right. If you found Philippians 1 verse 6, let's hear that from a few other translations. We have a few more minutes left. Someone go ahead and read that for us. Let us know what translation you are. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, please. Mm -hmm. Wow. Christ Jesus. All right, someone else. Thank you. Who has another translation? Verse 6. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that encourage you? It <laughs> encourages me. It's like, Lord, okay, I'm giving you my life. Your plan is better than my plan. So I surrender my life to you. I need direction. Give me your plan. Help me. Give me insight because there's things I just don't know. And it's so important to see this. So what I'm saying to you is this. Don't get frustrated when it seems like things are not happening on the time schedule you want them to happen. Don't get frustrated. Remember, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for our lives. What do we do with that plan? We trust him. When he says, I'm going to take care of you, what does he do? He takes care of us. When he said he's going to lead and guide us, of course, by the spirit of God, what does he do? He leads and guides us. We can't get frustrated because things don't seem to be happening in our time. Are you with me? We try to make things happen. Guess what? And, and we try to make, make, make things come to pass, but we've got to allow them to happen in God's timing and not our own timing. That's how we get off on that access road again. Okay, I'm just going to get off. I'm just tired of driving. You know, now if you're sleepy, mm, you know, pull over. You know, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about, you know, look, I'm frustrated right now. I don't know where I'm going in life. You need to get off the road. And you need to stop, sit down, and listen to the Holy Spirit and let him give you direction and give you a plan for your life. Wow. Okay. I'm using every bit of my hour. Okay. Here we go. Glory to God. Y'all getting blessed? Amen. All right. Okay. So here's some other things I want, I want you to get a hold of. All right. Here's something else that hinders people in running their race. Can I say this? That some have become ashamed of what they're doing. Now, let me explain this to you. They become ashamed of what they're doing. You know why? Here it is. Because they want to do something other than what they're doing. Mm. Let me say that again. No, that's not for me. I'm supposed to be up front. So ushering and hosting and feeding the homeless, that's not for me. And it almost comes across as being ashamed of doing that. But I get up here, this is what I want to do. You see, what happens, it gets people off track. Because you have to have a humble heart. Where no matter where you are, are you with me? 
And, and so why do people say, like, that's, that's what, oh, that's beneath me. Are you with me? We have to watch that. That We have to guard our heart. Because everything we do in ministry, we do it for the glory of God, no matter where we are. If we're scrubbing toilets, if we're picking up trash, it sh- we should never be ashamed of that because we're doing it unto the Lord, setting the right priorities. And listen, being up here is just up here. That's all it is. And like for where you are, you can come up here now if you want to stand. You know what I'm saying? It's, it doesn't make It's just being right here. That's all it is. As I'm being in the pew, you can stand right here. That's all the difference is. Because you know what it is? Where the difference is? Right here. The difference is here. Yeah, it's in your heart. And so I, we have to watch it and guard it. Are you listening to me? Guard it. All right? And then, then listen to this, too. Avoid shortcuts. Wow. How many of you ever try to take a shortcut? Woo, what happens sometimes? I know I try to take shortcuts. I turn around like, where am I at, man? I'm lost. <laughs> and I have to call Betty, where am I at? I don't know. Where are you at? I don't know. But I lost. Where were you going? I'm just going to get some ice cream. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, listen. <laughs> right. I don't know. Now I need some help. I don't want the ice cream no more. I'm lost. I'm sad. Okay, anyways, what I'm saying is this. This is so important, right? This is so important. Hear me. That, that. You have to avoid shortcuts. And a lot of times what people don't see. I mean, look at the Billy Grahams. They look at the Oral Roberts. They look at the Kenneth Hagans. They look at, you know, you know Marilyn Hickey. And, and we're look at, we can keep on going further back and further back. And they'll say, oh, man, I want to be like them. But they don't realize what they went through. You know what I'm saying? It's like all they see is what you see, but whoo, you don't know when they're on their knees. You don't know what's going on in their family just because it looks like on a Sunday morning or when they have a big event. We don't know. It's a process. So we cannot avoid shortcuts. What would happen if the mailman made shortcuts in delivering your mail? Now, we know where the mailman lives, don't we? <laughs> so he's got the mail. But what I'm saying is, if, if he took shortcuts, wow, what would what happen if you took shortcuts at your job and he took shortcuts? All of a sudden, he's going, he's hooking up the wrong car. <laughs> and he should be towing your car, not my car. Shortcuts. He said shortcuts. How do you know? Because, well, they said it's a green car. Well, there's many green cars on the street. But he's got to do what? You've got to look at, you got to look at, well, I call it a manifest. We've got to look at the paperwork. Look at the license plate. You know, oh, I thought it was a green one. All of a sudden, a guy come out, hey, man. Okay, I'm, don't take shortcuts. Everybody say, don't take shortcuts. Okay, I got another second. I got, got a couple minutes. A minute, minute, minute. Here it is. Here it is. Listen, here's another thing. Listen, don't take shortcuts. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Write this down. I'm going to close right after this. Here's some pointers for you. Avoid shortcuts. We're talking about, what are we talking about? Setting the right priorities. One, avoid shortcuts. Two, be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Three, here it is. Be obedient. Just be obedient. Be obedient. It's almost like nobody likes to be obedient. Just be obedient. You know why? Because you're not the boss of me. You see? (laughs) Be obedient. Okay. And and listen, and be consistent. On a consistent basis, be consistent. Be consistent. And you know what I'm saying? And here's the last thing you want to do. Here's the last thing you want to do. Stop. And take a spiritual inventory. 
Don't you have to at times, even even electronically and, you know, it tries to come up and says your iCloud or something else hasn't been what, you know, updated. We need to stop and update ourselves. Stop and update it. In other words, you haven't spent time with the Lord in a while. Mm. You need to be updated. You need to get in his presence. You know what I'm saying? See, those of you know what I'm talking about, you've got, you got an iPhone, you got one. It's like, oh, it comes up, boom. It's like, and you, hit, you know what we do? Cancel. I'm too busy. Not this time. Not right now. Are you listening to me? You know what I'm talking about with your iPhones. Mm. And then what happens? Because we should have gotten that update. Wow. So all I'm saying is it happens the same thing in life as we close, right? When the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and, and instructs us to stop and to listen and get updated, we need to stop and listen and get updated. Do your own spiritual inventory. Find out where you are. No one can run your race for you. Run your own race. Setting spiritual priorities. The right one. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity this evening as we come before you. We thank you for the living.